This is Debo Samuel slash Wideback, and you're listening to The Buzz. You are listening live to WSBU's coverage from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. From the Phoenix Convention Center in Phoenix, Arizona, it's the final day of Super Bowl 57 Radio Row and the last day of Sipe and Smitty here in Arizona. Good evening, everyone. Tom Sipe and Tyler Smith ready to wrap up a great week. Tom, it's been a phenomenal week in Arizona so far. Had some four great days here on Radio Row, but everybody knows Friday is the day that it ends off with a bang. The stars will be out. Going to get some great interviews later in the day. And you know what? We're going to finish strong. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great week so far. Started off with a bang and uh, continuing to go really strong. We've got a lot of great interviews coming up as the night progresses. But we're going to talk a little bit about the actual game mm-hmm. between the Chiefs and Eagles. Which haven't done too much of it yeah, so far. Yeah, I was going to say, which we haven't done so t- too much so far. But, hey, we're leaving you know the real breakdown for the Big Friday show. So let's get right into it. Yeah, exactly right. And last night was the NFL Honors. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes was named Most Valuable Player for the second time in his career. So the Chiefs and Eagles on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes being named the MVP. The last nine MVPs yeah. that have played in the Super Bowl have lost. That would be correct. Does that mean anything? Uh, I mean, it maybe means something, but a lot of those names uh, that did win those MVPs, and now obviously there's guys like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and, and the like in there. But um, there's also some other names in there like, you know, Cam Newton. I mean, phenomenal season he had that year. But Rich Gannon, I mean, there's, there's also some names in there that kind of skew the statistics a little bit. And if there's anybody that can break that mold, I'm, I believe it would be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's break, broken a lot of the mold so yep. far. As Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it was no surprise he was the MVP. He won it in pretty much of a landslide yep. last night, rightfully so. And his offense is going to be probably the X factor on Sunday. Yeah, I mean... When you look at the way this KC offense runs, it runs through Mahomes, runs through Andy Reid, runs through Travis Kelsey, and the rest of the supporting cast makes plays when necessary. And, I mean, this is the league's number one offense. I don't, I don't care about statistics. I believe they were statistically the number one offense in the league. Um, so for this Chiefs team, I, I, will, I will say, however, the past few weeks that they've been playing haven't been a defense as strong as the Philadelphia Eagles to be one that they've faced here in the postseason. Jaguars and the Bengals obviously have serviceable uh, units out there on the defensive end, but this Eagles defense is one of the highest pressure defenses in the league, some of the best pass rushers, some of the best secondary members, all around a great 11-man group uh, that they've built there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the defense. Let's start on that side. And really, I think the most important matchup Mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl as the week has gone on, i increasingly believe that 
it will probably determine the game is Chris Jones against the entire Eagles offensive line. Yeah. The Eagles offensive line have been great so far this year, so veteran-led. Uh, and Chris Jones has been amazing so far for Kansas City. Played great against Cincinnati. And if he's able to get to the quarterback, it'll be a big help for the Chiefs defense. Absolutely. And don't forget about Frank Clark, who got his first career postseason sack last week against Joe Burrow. Uh, he's turning it up now in the postseason. Now you got guys like Lejarius Sneed. I know he's young, but he had a really phenomenal season, all-pro season there in KC. Um, a couple other great defensive players in the linebacking core and in the secondary. But, hey, that secondary is very young, and uh, Philly with their weapons on the outside, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and even Dallas Goddard there at the tight end, a very versatile weapon. There, it's gonna, it's the Chiefs secondary is going to have their hands full. So, like you said, Chris Jones against that veteran offensive line from Philadelphia is going to be a matchup to watch. Yeah, I think it is the matchup to watch, especially on the defensive side. Because, again, I think that it's going to be able to change the game, obviously, um, one way or the other if the Eagles' O-line continues to be as great as they've been all year. And, I mean, that's going to help the Eagles' offense tremendously. But Chris Jones, the X Factor on Sunday for me. Yeah, X Factor on Sunday for, for you uh, as far as the Chiefs go, but a name on that Philly defense that I want to talk about as, as, as an X Factor, Hassan Reddick. They've been sending this guy, Hassan Reddick, as a pass rusher. He you know, came into the league as more of a Mike linebacker, roaming the middle. He, he could play, he's really, really fast, could play some coverage, but. What he's really progressed at over the past few years is his pass rush ability, and I believe you know Nick Sirianni and, and that Eagles defensive coaching staff are going to put him in a position moving around on the outside uh, uh, for these KC tackles. Orlando Brown is going to have some trouble with him. Uh, so a guy like that with such speed off the edge when you already have guys like veterans like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Linval Joseph, and Dominican Sue on that defensive line, it's going to pose a big threat for this for this Chiefs uh, offensive line unit that's been very serviceable over the past few weeks, but this they have not seen a pass rush like this yet. No, and I mean I feel like we've said that for both teams, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be which defense really steps up because we know how great both offenses are. Yep. So we it's really the defense in this game. Points are going to be scored in this game. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that, and I mean if I'm going to throw out something that I. I Making my personal guarantee, the, the moment I saw the Super Bowl Lions come out, I knew the over 49 was going to be the good play. Oh, my God. I completely disagree, actually. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm all over this over. But, like you said, I oh, do I think, I think one, it, it will come down to either an offensive player making the big play, whether it be Mahomes or Hurts, or a defensive player obviously stepping up in that big moment, even though you know Ben don't break. Steps up, steps up in that big moment and causes one of these quarterbacks to make a mistake. I completely disagree. The under is probably a lock, especially because you said it. But also because, <laughs> you know, we talk about how great these defenses are. Listen, the offenses are great, right? They yeah. have Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, dude, these defenses are good. And in these big games, defenses grind out games. Yep. And I, I think it, it's not as high scoring as it's going to be. I saw a, a local news channel here in Arizona yesterday. It was four people. And they all had their final score predictions. I think the fewest amount of points scored was like 31. Yeah. Like everyone is just going completely. It's just not going to happen. Not in a game like this, well, first of all. 31s would, would, would hit the under by a good margin, no? No. For a single, for a single team. team. Oh, yeah. It no, was a like lot 37, are, 31, a lot of 44, the the blah, blah, blah. It, that, that, I just don't foresee that happening in this game. I mean, I was, I mean, all, all it'll take, if, I mean, if, to hit that number personally, I mean, 27-24. Do you think do you think the game could go that that length? Or, I mean, is it really going to be one of those games where it's really grinded out more akin to, like, Denver and Carolina, like, way back when? Um, 
That game was like that, that, that game. That game was super defensive oriented. Still 24-10. They still put some points up on the board. I think this Kansas City offense is way too good not to to put more than I mean at least three touchdowns on the board in this game. And the Philly offense, I, I don't. I'm not buying in as, as big to the Chiefs defense as I think you are. But uh, the, and, and plus the the strength of this Philadelphia offense is going to to score some points on the Chiefs. I will say though, Philadelphia, like I said earlier in the week, has not played from behind yet in this postseason so it's imperative that they get on the board first so they can kind of control tempo themselves and make the Chiefs make big plays through the air. Yeah most definitely and I don't know on the offensive side the Eagles have been great so far mm -hmm. right I mean 30 plus points in both playoff games so far they've been yep. great all season long as long as Jalen Hurts was under center but the Chiefs it's Pat Mahomes they, they've been able to figure it out against Cincinnati and Jacksonville in the playoffs and they've, you know, been in some games where the offense is able to win them the game, you know, especially in Denver, Houston. Mm -hmm. You know, the offense is able to somehow make it happen after some early struggles. But the thing is, I think the Eagles defense, or excuse me, offense, Eagles offense maybe has a higher floor yeah. in this game. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And the agree. Eagles, or excuse me, and the Chiefs offense has a higher ceiling. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, no, it, the Eagles offense is going to score. I, I, I am... I, am, I will make a personal guarantee the Eagles will not have 0 through 10 points on Sunday. Uh, so I, I don't anticipate the Chiefs being uh, the, the unit defensively to dominate this game and make it go way under. Um, but the Eagles defense could absolutely do that. I mean, there's a, there's, listen, there's definitely a chance in this game that you know, the Eagles score first and they're, they're getting on their first defensive possession. They're getting in the backfield to Mahomes. They're stopping the run. And it could actually end up being an Eagles route. The only – I don't see Kansas City winning this game in a blowout. I could see them winning it close. And I might eventually pick them winning it close. We'll see at the end of the show. But there's a chance that, that Philadelphia completely dominates this game end-to-end. -end. Their roster, it, top to bottom, is, is better than the Chiefs. And there's no – if ands or buts about it. They have a dynamic quarterback who can make plays with his feet and he's become a much better thrower. I think there's a chance that Philadelphia could roll in this one, but I, I, I'm definitely hesitant considering the experience of Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. The experience plays such a big factor for me. It has to. Um, you know, like like we mentioned earlier in the week, like, you know, Philadelphia, they're, they're good. I, I'm not buying into this, you know, crap about the fact that, oh, they've had an easy schedule. Oh, they, you know, rolled through teams in the playoffs because they weren't that good. I, I don't listen to any of that. I don't believe that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs are the Chiefs and they're always able to figure it out. So it's just depending on who you bet in that way. It, now, now, who do you think is going to be that guy who really steps up this game? Maybe maybe somebody who you haven't seen dominate yet in yeah. the postseason. And this could be for either for either side, uh, the Chiefs or the, or the Eagles. Who's a player that you could see really standing out in this game that we maybe haven't talked about as much? Probably Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. Uh, he's been good for the Chiefs. He was great uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, against Cincinnati. Um, you know, in a game like this, in an offense like the Chiefs have, they I mean, they could throw the me and you, and, and we could have, you know, 30-plus yards. Absolutely. But in the Super Bowl, obviously, um, you, know, you need to have players that you aren't expecting step up to step up and in order to win that game. We've talked about how the you know, Eagles probably have a better roster, but the Chiefs might have a better team. And you know, that comes down with players stepping up in those situations. And on the offensive side, I think it's definitely going to be Isaiah Pacheco. If he is as good um, you know, as he was in the last game, or you know, look at the way his season has progressed. Mm -hmm. right? He it, wasn't it, really getting any snaps in the beginning no, of the year. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, it was so underutilized at Rutgers. I mean, he, he barely <laughs> played uh, you know, in, in college or not as much as maybe um, you know, he, he should have been. 
if Isaiah Pacheco plays well, um, I think the Chiefs offense is going to score a lot of points. Oh, absolutely. If they can establish a run, which I've heard a lot of people say this week in the interviews that we've had and the people that we've talked to saying that the, if the Chiefs can establish the run, yeah, they will be in very good position to end up victorious on Sunday. It's just going to come down to if that can be the case. I mean, this, this Eagles defensive line, I, I, I will say, not the best run defense, but you, you can't argue with the names that they have down there. They are a, a, a definitely more pass rush centric. They do, they do love getting to the quarterback a little more. So that would definitely lean more towards an Isaiah Pacheco early and often uh, kind of hammering of the football so they can really nudge into that Eagles defense and make them kind of play behind so you know Patrick Mahomes can open for more passing lanes. Yeah, most definitely. And before we wrap up this first segment, just want to touch on the NFL honors last night. Sure. Real quick, we opened with Pat Mahomes winning his second MVP, Justin Jefferson named Offensive Player of the Year. Um, the Jets sweeping the Offensive Rookie of the Year, just like I told you was going to happen with uh -huh. Garrett Wilson. They were heavy uh, favorites. They were heavy favorites. I was, I was Rightfully holding so. out hope. Rightfully so. Um, but the one shocking one, and Brian Dable, Coach of the Year yep. as well, yep. uh, the one shocking one to me, although it's not shocking. Like I knew he wasn't going to win it, but I did think he should have. Um, was Micah Parsons. Yeah, I mean, I, I agreed. He was such a dy dynamic piece for that defense. You know, the Cowboys' defense took a total 180 when you know he joined the team and they only progressed more this year when, when Micah was uh, inserted, you know, not inserted into the lineup, but progressed in his second season. Uh, so, you know, the, the Cowboys obviously um, are, are in a great position with him. So I, I don't think any award uh, or award snub is going to matter for the rest of his career. I'm sure he will, uh, he will get one at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best defensive player in football. So, just shocked to see that. Again, I'm not necessarily shocked about the yeah, result. I mean, when I'm just shocked that it was even in the conversation. Eight, I just don't yeah. understand. 18 and a half sacks. You can't argue with that for Nick Bosa. I mean, he was very phenomenal this year. So, you know, you most overrated stat in football. Uh, I mean, you sack the quarterback. It changes the game, man. I'm just saying. And they, I, I will say, they do overrate sacks when call, you know talking about defensive player of the year. That that I will give you. But. That will do it for the first segment of Sipe and Smithy here on this final day. We've got a great show coming up here the remaining of the hour, so stick with us as you're listening to Sipe and Smithy on WSBU 88.3 FM. The Buzz. Huh. Building a house is not easy. How's that ukulele treating you? Hello, Stephen. Oh, hey. Great job out there. I'm running out of things to teach him. Steven, you want to play them the song you wrote? Um. Come on, you wrote it for them. Seriously, he's really excited to live with you guys. It's, it's all he talks about. Don't you want them to hear it? 88.3 The Buzz. We're back here on Sipe and Smithy here on WSBU 88.3 FM The Buzz. Tyler Smith and Tom Sipe now joined by... Ringer, host of New York, New York, and SNY contributor, John Jaskremsky. How are you doing? Boys, thanks for having me. This is the best you could do, I guess, having me on, you know? <laughs> it is. It Radio is World, there's all these great celebrities, NFL players, and you're pulling me out of thin air. What's exactly right. For, for two New Yorkers, I mean, you're, you're a big get for us. Well, I was going to say, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. First of all, i got to say this. I am very envious and jealous of all of you guys because when I was in college, the idea of being at Radio Row? Mm -hmm. You kidding me? I would have been delirious <laughs> at the idea of being at Radio Row. So you guys are getting an unbelievable experience. This is yeah. really, really cool. 
enjoy this. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's Very been lucky. fantastic so far this week. Obviously, we're from St. Bonaventure. I know you went to Syracuse. We have a Syracuse uh, radio station was here as well. Uh, this week. I went on with them the other day. Yeah? There we go. I was going to say, they pull a Cuse alum. I think I had the quarter zip on, so I still got like okay, a fair enough. You know? <laughs> fair enough. But I know we mentioned a little bit earlier, Bonnie's, you know, a little relevant in basketball recently. Syracuse maybe not doing so well, say, so I'm I had to throw that out I'm there. not happy about the way this dynamic has shifted with St. Bonnie's <laughs> and Syracuse. Usually that's a game you would schedule and expect a W now. It's like, eh, I know. So well, but that's kind of the case for any Syracuse game this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's yeah, be honest. Fair enough. And, and Beheim does not want to schedule the Bonnies anymore after a couple you know, losses I, back in the day. Listen, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. You guys got a good fan base. You packed the Carrier Dome out. You've beaten Syracuse a couple of times. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But Tyler and I are both from the Hudson Valley, so not too far from New York City. Obviously, we all love some New York sports. So wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about what's happened recently. Obviously, we're in Phoenix. Big news recently, the Phoenix Suns obviously acquiring Kevin Durant. Uh, just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that and how Brooklyn has all of a sudden had, had three stars just a few months ago and now have zero. Well, it's a brutal situation for them. And listen, they sold their souls to Durant and Irving. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Every team in the NBA that was looking for star players would have done the exact same thing. But when you're in a position where you placate these guys, every demand, every wish, there's a possibility of something like this going down. Mm -hmm. And let, let's be honest, Kyrie Irving is insufferable. I don't know how anybody can root for the guy. I mean, let's think about this for a minute. The guy goes AWOL, shows up to work whenever the hell he wants. There's that. Then the whole vaccine disaster. Then the anti-Semitic stuff. When does it end with this guy? Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, Durant's tough to take, too. We know he's a great talent. We know he's a great player. Goes to the Warriors, ready-made team. Brooklyn sits out the first year. Barely plays. I mean, yeah. when is the guy on the court? Yeah. The guy never, ever, ever plays. And now all of a sudden you want out. So good riddance as far as I'm concerned. But from a net fan perspective, this was supposed to be the team that put you over the top, right? Mm -hmm. This was supposed to be the team that gave you relevance, that made you matter. Not the Nets are irrelevant again. Like on my podcast, we are never going to talk about the Nets. Yeah. I mean, like, we didn't talk about it much to begin with. Now we are never going to talk about him. That's just yeah. the reality. Yeah. No, I, I, what I thought was really interesting about the whole Nets dynamic is, it, you know, maybe less like the Kyrie, uh, the Irving and, and Durant stuff, you know, their head cases, we know that. But adding Harden in that trade, you, you lost so much depth. You lost Jared Allen, you lost, you know, uh, Levert, uh, a bunch, Dinwiddie, a bunch of other guys, and you traded for Harden back then. And that really took away from the whole real team dynamic of them. Do you think that was a, a real catalyst in the way this, this thing was falling down? Yeah, I think that definitely played a role. I, I think Irving and his antics, it's tough to overcome in an organization. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you lose those key role players. Harden didn't end up being the guy you thought he was going to be. Another big personality, too. Well, listen. The bigger issue, though, to me was Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Kyrie being about Kyrie, Kyrie living on another planet, that basically destroyed the team. And I don't know. Guys, I don't know how anybody could want this guy on their team. I, does anybody honestly think it's going to end well in Dallas? Like, uh, yeah. you want to tell me they'll have some? He's going to play nice. Yeah. He's a super talented dude. Like, yeah. we're all aware of that. But there's no doubt in my mind it's going to end terribly. Like, that's just a lock. Yeah, most definitely. And it's funny that you talk about you know, how you're probably not going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets anymore because it's all, it's a Knicks city, right? And now the Brooklyn Nets had an opportunity with Kevin Durant, with James Harden, with Kyrie Irving, and they didn't maximize that opportunity, but it's still a Knicks city, and they made some good trades as well, obviously getting uh, Josh Hart a few days ago. Just how are the Knicks kind of retaking over New York? Well, I, I think for the Knicks, look, they're kind of in a weird spot. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. 
-hmm. right? They're not irrelevant. Yep. They're not unwatchable. They have some some pieces, but they're kind of in that like NBA hell. They're mm -hmm. in like NBA purgatory. purgatory. Yep. Yes, because they're a playoff team. They have no hope of winning a championship. Zero. So how do you change that is the question. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. They clearly have to hit on a big star. I'll tell you this, though, guys. Brunson is so much better than I thought. Yeah. Yep. Watching him every night. And I always liked him in college. I did. Sure. I liked him in Villanova. Tough guy, glue guy. Yep. Um, watched him with Dallas last year. Put really well in the playoffs. But yeah. You, you don't know about a player until you watch them every day. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said for that. Like, you watch a guy every day and you're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What he brings to leadership. What he brings at the end of a game. How he handles the position of being a point guard. You guys weren't even born the last time the Knicks had a good point guard, for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. You're so, right. <laughs> Jalen Brunson is a keeper. Mm -hmm. Julius Randle's played well. they got to get Barrett going. That's been a problem yeah, for them. Yeah, I was going to say, but, yeah. Uh, but as a whole here, listen, I, I, I think they're moving in the right direction. They need a star. What do you think about R.J. Barrett, though, in, in this situation? Because, you know, lately in the past few weeks, you don't see him at the end of games anymore. He's not uh, on the floor in the fourth quarter. What, what's, what's going? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but what's what do really I think going? It, yeah. I think it's a wake-up call. Yeah. Get yeah. your head out of your rear end and get going. I hope so. That's what the head coach is doing. I like it. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I was always a Duke guy, you know, growing up, and uh, I, I watched that that team, and he was always a, a guy that I was th I thought would have a really good pro career. Uh, it just hasn't. It's been inefficient. I, I, he hasn't really been a good, great defender, and he hasn't really taken that leap over the first three the years. The jump shot's got to be better. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. He's yeah. got to have a better jumper. Yeah, and then obviously that comes apart with Tibbs as well. You're a fan of Tibbs, and have you seen you know his progression in his three years in New York? I think he gets way too much hate. To be perfectly honest with you, and I understand. Knicks, Twitter, you got to play the young guys. I, I yeah. understand that. Let's be real about the team. What do you expect? For you want to get on them last year, the team didn't make the playoffs, everything really didn't work out. Okay, fine. Are the Knicks some sort of top four seed that I'm like, am I missing something here, guys? Mm, no. I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Do you, like, look at the talent base in the Eastern Conference, top four, top five, and say, oh, the Knicks, they, this is where they should be? No. Yeah. No, so... I've seen the franchise go through dire straits. He's going to be here, what, three years now? They're going to be in the playoffs two out of three years? Yeah. They got, listen, it's I think there's a shelf life probably for him as a head coach. Definitely. I think that happens. I think that happens with most guys, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I think a lot, unless your name is Belichick, mm -hmm. there are plenty of coaches where you kind of – you see them run their course. I mean, look at guys like George Carl or Dwayne Casey who won the coach of the year, and then they're fired. You know, they, yeah. they have a shelf life. They burn out. Yeah, you, you, you need a new voice. Yeah. That's, that's the way it goes. Time eventually runs out. You need a new voice in there. You're right. Yeah, so I want to transition a little bit to baseball real quick because how I know you really well is I watch SNY. I'm a Mets guy. I, I look good on SNY, do I not? I that, look good I mean, on SNY. I'm dressed way better on SNY. <laughs> I came out here. I said there is no way humanly possible I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> I said, no, enough. thank you. I put it on 11 o'clock every night, Monday to Friday. I'm coming out here. and I'm dressing casual. The hat, the T-shirt, the jeans, and away we go. But, yes, yeah, let's it. looks great. Yeah, so I just want to talk about the Mets a little bit. Um, obviously collapsed at the end of last year. If you want to call it that, that's what I call it. Um, a lot of moves this offseason, a lot of change. What, what have you liked to see, or what have you liked uh, from the Mets this offseason going into this year? All right, so they're better in the bullpen. Sure. They are definitely yes. better in the bullpen. Yep. Robertson is a pro. Rarely with Tampa mm -hmm. gets lefties out. I like that. I think the rotation is status quo. You get Verlander, yep. awesome. You lose the ground. Yep. Now, the difference is you expect Justin Verlander to go and make 30 or 35 starts. The Grom did not do that. Mm -hmm. Sanga, I have no idea. 
Yeah. If you know, if I know, <laughs> nobody knows what he's going to be. Sure. Dude, I lived through uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Yep. Terrific yep. Yankee. Yep. I also saw Keigawa. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen it all when yep. it comes to pitchers coming from overseas and how they're going to make that adjustment. Um, I, I don't think they got better in the lineup. Here's the problem I have with the Mets. I think they're a really good team. Yep. I think they're going to win north of 90 games. Are they better than the Atlanta Braves? Right now? Or the Phillies? I think they're better than the Phillies. I also think they're better. I'll tell you why I think they're better than the Phillies. I think the pitching is better. Okay. The Philly lineup, though, is scary. It's and they go in at Trey Turner. That's my point, yeah. though. The National League, think about it. Three teams in the NL East can go and win the win yeah. the pennant. Yes, the Cardinals could win the pennant. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers and the Padres yep. could win the pennant. There is a lot of competition, and listen, I understand why they backed out of the Correa deal. It's yeah. probably going to end up being an awful contract. Yeah, clearly something was up with the medical. Like, there's no coincidence two teams are backing out. Yep. That said, he to me was the kind of bat that was going to push them over the top. Yeah, yeah. and I think Beatty. Well, Alvarez, one of those guys, has to be a difference maker if the Mets are going to be a World Series team. Or they got to go and add somebody maybe at the deadline. Yeah. I don't know who that is yet. We'll figure it out. Like, yeah. speculate now. It's, it's yeah, February. It's too early. Yeah, it's too early. No, 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 no. It's too early. But, but I do your like owner will be active, though. You like yes. that? Yes. And I also like the fact that you, know, you mentioned that the Mets have young guys like an Alvarez, Beatty, Vientos, and they've been able to, you know, improve their team while keeping the prospects to have that flexibility come trade deadline season. So I think that's positive for New York. Listen, Mets, Mets can win a World Series this year. And I'll tell you what would scare me, though. Scherzer are the last two postseasons. Yeah. And not just with the Mets. Yeah. The Dodgers. Mm -hmm. The guy completely was that. They are better off with this format being the way that it is. I don't care yeah. if Max Scherzer throws 200 innings. I, I don't care. Is he right for the playoffs? That's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Now, transitioned over to the Bronx because I'm a Yankee guy myself. You and me both. Yes. Even though I work at SOI. Yep. Third little yep. secret. Taking the, uh, taking the Metro North down to Yankee Stadiums. I did it like 15 times this summer. It's a great time. I, lo I love it. But, uh, you know, kind of similar to the Mets, though. Yankees got better in, in you know, their, their rotation and in the bullpen, but the bats didn't really come. What do you think about, like, the biggest problem was they couldn't hit, hit the dang ball in, in the postseason last year. Well, and it continues to be the case against the Astros, who own them and outclass mm -hmm. them every which but, way. But even against Cleveland, like the Cleveland team. They, they were lucky they beat they Cleveland. They were lucky they beat Cleveland. <laughs> I totally Cleveland. agree. They couldn't hit anybody. Cleveland, I totally Cleveland agree. Cleveland couldn't hit anybody. Now, like, they now listen. barely beat them. They're better. Yes. Because Rodon is a stud. Yes. Now, he's another guy. And he's he got to show me he can pitch every fifth day. Yep. Yeah. But when he pitches, his stuff is electric. Yep. And he is ascending. That's what I like about him. I feel like he's barely scratched the surface mm -hmm. for what he's going to be as a pitcher, which is great to see. The lineup, listen, they had to bring Judge back. Yes. Like anybody would say on the country. First of all, it's not my money. Second of all, he's the <laughs> face of the team. Third of all, what, what are you going to let Aaron Judge walk? Yeah. Come on, please. Aaron Judge comes back. Rizzo comes back. The Yankees are a bat short. I think LeMayu is an enormous key to the season. Yes. Yeah. They need LeMayu not to be as good as he was in 2019. But guess what? Be better than Josh Donaldson, yeah. for goodness sakes. And Go and hit 280, 15 homers, play good defense, and put the ball in play, for goodness sakes. Well, may you coming back, I think, is a big yeah. X factor for the Yankees he, this year. He needs to play, actually. Well, that's I the mean, idea. Yeah. Durability. I mean, you mentioned Scher I mentioned Scherzer. Yeah. The last two postseasons, well, may you mm -hmm. unavailable. Remember, wasn't in Boston for that wild card. Last year gets hurt, missed August, September, and October. They need well, may you, I think, to bounce back. They also are going to have to go and add – Left field, I don't know what they're going to do. I want to see Oswaldo Cabrera. Love him. Love He's him. got spunk. Passon right. said this to me on my podcast about four months ago. It's a good one. He's got a little Ben Zobrist in him. Mm. Okay. 
Ben Zobras with some funk, with some swag, with yeah. some flair. I don't know if defensively, though, guys, he can handle left field. And for the love of God, make sure IKF is not the shortstop. Please not. Or I'm going to blow a freaking gasket. I'm going to watch my language right now because I know I'm on terrestrial radio, so I'm not going <laughs> to drop an F-bomb. I'm not on my podcast. That guy cannot be the shortstop. Yeah. Can't. Peraza, Volpe, I don't care what you do. Play one of your kids who was a top prospect, please. Yeah. yeah. Please. So, so it was interesting, though, you talk about left field. I feel like Ben Attendee didn't get too much money from the White Sox. Why didn't you think they went hard, hard I don't enough think they that? wanted to give him five years. Okay. Um, I think the injury might have scared him off a little bit. Yeah. And you look at his – I like him as a player. Mm -hmm, I do too. The problem is over five years, his splits – kind of look at 2022 as a little bit of an anomaly. Yeah. It's not a 322 hitter. Mm -hmm. So I think the Yankees are a little fearful. Man, do we want to have this guy locked up for five years? They didn't feel that way. Especially when you got I would. I, I, the guy I wanted was Conforto. Mm -hmm. Conforto yeah. would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. One-year contract yeah. that he would have mashed the Yankee Stadium. He would have had something to prove. They, again, though, they'll add to the team. They will. They're going to add to the team. When July comes around. Um, My big concern with them, health. Mm-hmm. How are they going to hit in the playoffs? Yep. The manager scares me, too. Yeah. That's what the Mets, let's be honest, the Mets have a big leg up in the dugout. Yeah. Boone in a big game scares the crap out of me. Yeah. He's just not a good in-game manager. He's I, not. I agree with that. Uh, another thing about Aaron Boone is that, you know, the, the, the famous Michael K. rant from after, uh, you know, they, they, they got swept by Houston or when they were down 3-0, showing the team the – Oh, it's embarrassing. 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 I want to get your take on embarrassing. that. Embarrassing. Uh, how can you be that stupid? Yep. I mean, in all honesty, how can you be that stupid? <laughs> Whoever's like, genius idea that was, you should – I don't want anybody to lose that job. I shouldn't say that. There, there needs to be a stern talking to. Like, who, what, what numbnuts is like, yeah, we're, we're the Yankees. Let's go, let's go show Big Poppy and Kurt Schilling and Ken Millar. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, that's, my, that's my, my roommate and I play that video of Kay going off about it, like, multiple times Perfect a week. Kay, by the way. We, I, that's tremendous. It, yeah, we, we die laughing at it. It, it. Talk about bad optics. How, how could you be so tone deaf? It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was great. So, Obviously, we're here at Super Bowl Radio Row. We've talked some basketball, talked some baseball, but obviously we got to get your football um, prediction for this weekend. Who you got on Sunday? I got the Eagles, guys. Okay. I got the Eagles. Everybody's beat. telling us that. Yeah, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't like hearing that. I don't like hearing that. <laughs> um, I think Philadelphia is the more well-rounded team. Yep. One through 53, the roster is loaded. Yep. I've seen the pass rush go and dominate a Super Bowl. Tampa did that. The Giants mm -hmm. know them well. Yep. Tuck, Humanura, yep. all those guys. That's the blueprint. What scares me, though, if the Eagles fall behind in this game. That's exactly right. That's not been their blueprint. Yep. Haven't done, it, haven't done it yet. they're out of sorts and Kansas City throws a haymaker. If I were Kansas City, I win the coin toss. I am taking the ball. Uh, Thank you. Thank Normally, you. I'm a defer Thank guy. You. I'm always yeah. a defer guy. Thank you. But I think in this game, I want to score first. Mm -hmm. yeah. let's, let's put the Eagles on the defensive. Yep. You know? I hope yeah. You saw it in that Giant game. Now, listen, the Giants are going to get smoked. They were outclassed by Philly. Yep. They were th totally playing a team what, that wait, was above their weight class. Yep. They did not take the ball. What did Philly do? They went right down the field, yeah. orchestrated their game script, scored a touchdown. Well, even, even better for Philly. So, I said, I said that earlier in the week. If Philly you know, wins the coin toss, I think they have to you know, receive the ball as well. They want to get out and, and not play from behind either. Yeah. So, John, we appreciate you taking the time. Guys, it's a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. I appreciate the support. Really, really and you guys, you guys enjoy it. When are you guys leaving? Uh, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. on right. the flight. No, that means you got to have a good Friday night while you're out in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah make sure you do that. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. See ya. See ya. I enjoyed that. Jim's Park and Shop is a family-owned grocery store with all of your everyday needs and more. 
Jim's Park and Shop has an array of unique items, including Jim's Picks, which includes products that you can't find anywhere else in the Old Land area. If you haven't tried them out already, one of their two-foot subs is a popular hit. You can check out some of their selection and get deli delivery to your door online at jimsparkandshop.com or visit the store on Front Street near Olean General Hospital. Ah, salutations, my children. Are you ready for your daily dose of smooth jazz? <laughs> Now that the representative from South Africa has been mind-programmed, all of the world's leaders on Earth are under my control. And when they meet tomorrow in special session, I, Doom, shall be voted Master of the World. 88.3 The Buzz. SBU TV is a fully student-run broadcast news station right here on St. Bonaventure's campus. We are your one-stop shop for all things Bonnies and Cattaraugus County. As the only broadcast news station in the area, we pride ourselves on being a trusted and reliable source. So make sure you catch SBU TV live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday at 10 a.m. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at SBU TV. SBU TV, new, now, next. We're back here on WSBU 88.3 FM, The Buzz, Sipe and Smithy. Tom Sipe alongside Tyler Smith here at Radio Row. We've got a great group of guests so far today, and that will continue after a short break in the moment as when we return, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer Levante David will join the show with Tyler Smith and Johnny Walker hopping on the show to do the interview. We'll be right back here on WSVU 88.3 FM, The Buzz. Merging with Simulator in 3, 2, 1... The Buzz. Welcome back into Sipe and Smitty. Joining us now is a very special guest, multi-time All-Pro linebacker and Super Bowl 55 champion, Levante David. Levante, thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Now, before we get into some, some football talk, I think... Even though it's been almost a year now, congratulations is in order. Congratulations yeah. on becoming a father uh -huh. and, and having that son. So Thank why don't you, you uh, tell us what that new chapter of your life has been like. Yeah, I had a daughter uh, named Logan Lynette David. Oh. Uh, it's been a, an amazing transition in my life. Uh, she's definitely an angel from heaven. You know, I love every part of it, of her growing and watching her grow, being a father. And uh, um, it definitely uh, gives you a different perspective about life, you know. So I definitely uh, enjoy it. And um, I'm appreciative to my wife. And... Uh, and the Lord for blessing us with that. Now, in this new chapter of your life as a father, mm -hmm. what did your father mean to you? Mm -hmm. my, my father meant everything to me. Uh, since the day I, you know, uh, obviously I don't remember when I was born, but when, since the day I decided to play football, and, uh, every decision, huge decisions that I wanted to make, he was a part of every decision. And uh, he definitely uh, had my back and all those things. Uh, never was a day where he, you know, went against anything that I, you know, brought up against him. He just gave me his uh, opinion about stuff and just told me, you know, you know, it's a part of life. You got to grow. You know, whatever decision you make, you got to stick with it. And uh, when I decided that I want to play football, he stuck with me throughout the, uh, throughout the whole thing. And uh, my fondest memory is just uh, me winning the Super Bowl and him coming down and uh, me jumping into his arms like a kid again. So uh, being for him to be able to experience that moment with me was uh, a lifetime uh, of experience. It was great. 
Sounds like a great man. You got yeah. very lucky. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Now, you know, how how big of a, a was he? Now, was he a big football guy? Did mm -hmm. he help coach you up, you know, growing up and stuff like that? How did he kind of mold you as yeah. to the athlete that you are? Yeah, I think he only got into football because of me. But he was a big uh, basketball guy. He oh, was yeah. a huge basketball fan. You know, he played basketball in high school and in college. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, with his kids, you know, we, we kind of like went the football route. And, you know, uh, I played basketball a little bit. He was trying to push me to play basketball <laughs> because he's a basketball guy. But I think it did hurt him a little bit when I said I just want to do football. So uh, he transitioned and uh, he got on board with it. Well, you've had a very successful football <laughs> career to this point. Thank you. Um, you know. I used to actually, you know, playing Madden growing up and all this stuff, yeah. you were one of the best zone coverage linebackers, <laughs> so I'm always using yeah. you in the middle, picking yeah. off passes. Kind of talk about, you know, you were really one of the, you know, fat, like, you know, inspirational parts mm -hmm. of being a, a zone coverage linebacker. Mm -hmm. That's been something you've, you've really, you know, had uh, a repertoire of. Mm -hmm. How have you kind of, you know, built that as a part of your game and, and influenced other linebackers to do the yeah, same? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and it, it, it's a test to, like, the defensive schemes that we're in and uh, understanding where, you know, where I'm supposed to be on the field and uh, how offense is going to attack us whenever we're in a certain coverage. So, you know, when, when they're doing film study, I kind of, like, hone in on certain things and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, a test to the coaches that I did have. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Larry Foote this past season, he kind of, like, uh, taught me a lot uh, more about zone coverage. You know, when you when you play this game, you know, you get older, you kind of think you you kind of like know the ins and out of it. But he did open my mind up to a lot of different things, and uh, definitely feel like he let me. He did give me uh, a lot better in that. And um, you know, the way the, the way the offenses are now today, you know, it's all about spacing and finding those you know uh, holes in the zone. So as a zone linebacker, you got to know what's going to hurt you, and you just got to try to take those away. Yeah, and so you know, obviously in that kind of. Um in your duty there, you have to really line up on some tight ends, some mm -hmm. running backs. Who do you think are, are some of the guys who give you the most trouble or, or even some guys who, mm -hmm. you know, you, you really uh, enjoy playing against and matching up against? Yeah, I mean, every guy brings a significant challenge to the game, you know, uh, whatever uh, whatever it may be. But, you know, most times, you know, when we line up on defense, I'm over the tight end. So, uh, obviously, you know, facing uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, guys like George Kittle, uh, Dalton Schultz this past year, um, Irv Smith from Minnesota. A lot of those guys are, you know, pretty good and talented guys. So you just got to be able to, you know, uh, uh, implement a different type of style when you're facing them. Everybody is uh, different in their own way. And uh, you, do, you win some battles and you lose some battles. But the, the competitive part is what I really love. And uh, I try to, you know, just step up to the challenge every time. And uh, I love the competition of it. Absolutely, and uh, another talented linebacker. Now you uh, you were teammates with over the past few years, mm -hmm. Devin White. Mm -hmm. um, you know we we all know the talent that he had coming into the league. But mm -hmm. what kind of small little things did you help him? Uh, you know, kind of adjust to the NFL yeah. and improve upon in his game. Yeah, it's same thing. You know, uh, in college, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, uh, in college you play a lot of man coverages. Nobody really plays zone like that in, mm -hmm. in college. And then once you get to the league, you got to understand. You know, zones is going to be a big part of you know, uh, the the the, uh, the defense that you play in. So it's kind of like the same thing from him, you know, just uh, just uh, kind of like helping him out how I was uh, taught along, you know, throughout the way, kind of like let him know all the different things that I'm thinking too as well and uh, how teams, you know, try to attack us and stuff like that because, you know, when he was in college, he played uh, basically a man type of defense. So uh, helping him transition, you know, getting better in his own coverage too as well. Absolutely. Now, Levante, you've been one of the top linebackers in the league for mm -hmm. quite some time now, and I think we were both shocked <laughs> coming into this interview to learn you've been a Pro Bowler once mm -hmm. and a first-team All-Pro just once. So mm -hmm. what's it like 
you know, not really getting the yeah. recognition you probably deserve yeah. being this great for this long. Yeah, you know, I sometimes I really don't pay attention to that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to play the game. You know what I'm saying? I play the game because I love the game. You know, I really don't mm -hmm. care much about accolades. But as you do get older, you kind of think about stuff like that. And times you could have made those, you know, Pro Bowls and All Pros and stuff like that. But, you know, um, it all goes back to, you know, how the Pro Bowl and everything is set up when you were like, and most of my career, I was playing in the 4-3 defense, and I was considered an outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. So I had to compete with the guys like, you know, Von Miller, Elvis Dumerville, the DeMarcus Wares, and those guys who were outside linebackers as a position, but they really was pass rushers. So they was end up getting those um, the outside linebacker nods for the Pro Bowl. And, uh, you know, it was something that was very was, was frustrating. I remember uh, Thomas Davis, you know, me and him was uh, in the same predicament and stuff like that. So... Uh, we, 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 we stressed our disappointment about that. So hopefully they do uh, change that type of thing, you know, because um, they're not really linebackers, you know. They're really pass rushers. So, you know, I think that for the most part, that probably, uh, you know, hurt me a little bit throughout. But at the same time, I know what I put in this game, and uh, I do have to respect my peers. So that's all I can ask for. And you can see the, you know, the way that that's all paid off. I think, yeah. I think you know, Pro Bowl recognition, all pro recognition is great, but you are a champion mm -hmm. uh, of the NFL. So yeah. when that – Kind of that, that season happened. Tom Brady comes in, mm -hmm. and I would probably consider you to be the quarterback of that of the mm -hmm. defensive yeah. unit. What kind of leadership qualities did he bring in? You know that like, rubbed off on you, and mm -hmm. that you could kind of spread out to the defense as yeah, well. A lot of a lot of young guys on yeah. that on that group. Yeah, one thing I, uh, I did learn about from Tom was just uh, you know just bringing everybody along, getting everybody to play up to to your standard, and um, that's exactly what he did for us as a whole football team. You know, when he came in, he came with that winning mentality. He came with that competitive edge to push everybody to be the best that they, they could be, you know, just to get the best out of everybody on each game, out during the game. And uh, I think that's something that I definitely learned from, you know, uh, because obviously years prior we had a lot of up and down years and things like that, uh, tough years uh, uh, prior to that season. So I definitely learned that and uh, how to uh, build that, you know, that edge and get everybody going up to your level. And you are uh, a free agent this off season mm -hmm. now. Tampa Bay is in a weird spot now. Tom, mm -hmm. Tom retired. Um, you've been there, you know, a, a decade. Yeah, it is they're they're more leaning towards a, a potential rebuild with a lot of uh, questions at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Is that something you've been thinking about, or or you know, is is it you know one of those places where like Tampa's my home? Yeah, it's definitely something that you did. Though I do think about, you know, obviously I've been there for my entire career, eleven years. And I want to finish my career there, but I'm not naive to the fact that what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they have a lot of. Uh, you know, free agency issues. A lot of guys are free agents. They have money issues and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully they could get everything figured out um, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, I'm blessed, I'm blessed to be a part of the game, play with that organization for the longer amount of, the amount of time that I did. And obviously I do want to finish my career there uh, because uh, guys like Derek Brooks and Ronde Barber, you know, defensive cornerstones, and they've been there their whole career, and I kind of want to follow that path. But like I said, I'm just na naive to the fact that what can possibly happen on the business side. Yeah. Now we got a big game coming up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Chiefs, Eagles, those two teams, mm -hmm. some talented linebacker. Are there anybody mm -hmm. on either one of those squads that really stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of great young guys. You know, I'm really gay. When he was coming out, he reached out to me, so I gave him some advice. Uh, Nick Bolton, you know, uh, 180 tackles, you know, which is absurd. It's crazy. You know, uh, you got TJ Edwards on the other side and Kazir White on the other side. So both of those guys, both of those teams have some uh, great units at linebacker and some some guys who I kind of like watch and uh, some type of some players that I think, you know, take the linebacker position to another level, who can run, hit, cover, and everything. So um, all, both units uh, should, should have a, a, a fun day on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Now, before we let you go, Levante, 
Are, do you have a pick for this game? Or are you just mm -hmm. looking for it to be entertaining? Who do you mm -hmm. think's got the edge, and uh, what might be the reason for it? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm giving the edge to the Eagles because of smart man. You know, uh, the way they're playing football in the playoffs is the the depending on how you want to play during the playoffs. Have yeah. a great run game and have a great defense, and they're doing that. And um, but at the same time, you can never rule out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what he has, what he can do with the football, and uh, how he could change the game. And then uh, you got Travis Kelsey. And, you know, um, I don't know what the situation is with the receivers. I know a lot of guys have been hurt or whatever. And then you know they have a solid run game as well. You know, I got an opportunity to play against them earlier this year, and uh, that's something that kind of like caught me off guard with their their running game. They sticking to it and uh, being consistent with it. So uh, definitely should be a fun football game, but. You know, the way things are looking, I'm giving the edge to the Eagles. I think it would be smart for them to study the film you guys had uh, <laughs> in, in the Super Bowl there. Yeah. That might be a, a, a good way to, to, to win the game for Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree. <laughs> but, so, Levante, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you. And uh, best of luck this offseason yeah. for the, re and, uh, the rest of the your career. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. God, God bless. Thanks so much. When you go through a lot of stuff, you know, that doesn't go your way in life, you know, it's easy to be like, okay, I'm done, I'm quitting, whatever. Um, but you know, I got that dog in me, I got that fight in me. So 88.3 The Buzz. We're back here on WSBU 88.3 FM The Buzz. Finishing out the final day here on Radio Row. The floor has become silent. There's not many people left here at the Phoenix Convention Center. Of course, this is Sipe and Smithy. Tom Sipe alongside Tyler Smith wrapping up a great week here. We just had two great uh, interviews, John Jastrzemski and Levante David joining the show. We have a few great uh, interviews uh, during the wild card show, so stick around the following hour. But, Tyler, to end the week, of course, we have to give our game predictions and what do you think is going to happen mm -hmm. on Sunday, and I'll start with you. Man, uh, I've been teetering back and forth all week, and you know, last week or now it's two weeks ago. He's got the Pro Bowl in between. Um, I, I, I threw out this teaser that I really, really liked, and it was Chiefs plus eight and a half, and the over forty-three and a half. And I think that's a really still a great bet. And but you know, I've heard so much this week about you know the Eagles' pass rush. Oh, it's 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 going to get to them. The the Chiefs' secondary is so young. Um, Philadelphia's weapons are going to expose them. I'm I'm wary, man. I am not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I am on the side of the Kansas City Chiefs to win the football game. They're definitely not going to lose by two scores, but I am on the Chiefs to win the game in a high-scoring affair. I think, the, like I said earlier, the um, over 49 is one of my best bets of the week uh, of the game, and I really think the Chiefs are going to. You know, w when it comes down to a shootout, are you going to take? the Philadelphia Eagles, or are you going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm, I'm putting my money on Mahomes to get his second Super Bowl. And I think, you know, it's in a situation like this where in Super Bowl 55, right, he is smothered all game long by the Tampa Bay defense. They're getting to him basically in two seconds every play. Now, while that may be the case with, a, with a, maybe a potentially better uh, Philly, Philly pass rush, you know, I think that they're going to take a long, hard look at that film it was a way different team. I know the offensive line was you know, greatly repaired after that loss because that was the big talking point because Mahomes had no protection in that game. Um, 
But I think they're still going to look at that because they know how ferocious of a pass rush that was. They're going to be facing another ferocious pass rush on Sunday, and they're going to work around it. I, I, I really do. They're going to establish the run. They're going to hit check down passes. Mahomes is going to get the ball out in less than two seconds, and the Chiefs are going to set, set the tempo in this one. I think they're going to win a high-scoring affair. You know, I hate you because all week it sounded like you were going to pick the Eagles. Uh, and I was going to be really happy about it because I was picking the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, so I thought we were going against each other. but It's unfortunate. It's bad radio. Yeah, I know. But unfortunately, uh, I also have to go Kansas City. I think the Eagles are good. Um, you know, I've been going on and on about how I think the Eagles are a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. They are. Um, they're a great I, team. It's going to be a close game. I don't like how people are saying that their schedule hasn't been good or, you know, that there, there are some question marks because they've proven that they're a very good team. Mm -hmm. uh, I guarantee that this is a one-score game. Yeah. Um, th there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a one-score game. It's going to be a close game. I don't see a blowout happening on either side, um, especially uh, if Kansas City comes out and wins the game. Um, I think their offense is just too much, though. Uh, Pat Mahomes is obviously the MVP for a reason. I think he'll end that long streak of uh, you know nine straight MVPs <laughs> losing the Super Bowl. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I got to give the Chiefs here. I think the defense is really going to step up. I, I love Steve Spagnola. Um, Chris Jones has been fantastic. A few other guys on that defense um, have really stepped up in the last few weeks. Frank Clark, like you mentioned as well. Um, I think Philadelphia is good. I think they're going to play well. I think it's going to be a close game. But uh, in the end, I do think uh, Kansas City is going to hoist up the Lombardi Trophy once again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it sucks that uh you know we're we're we have some bad radio uh with two co-hosts agreeing uh, on a winner here in the game. But you mentioned Philadelphia is good. No, they're they are great. Like, we can't take away from how how great this Eagles roster is one through fifty three. Like uh, like one of our interviews had mentioned earlier in the day. So like th this is a really really talented Philly team. They have the veterans. Like the, we were talking about the experience earlier in the week. The Eagles have just as much, uh, I mean, maybe just a little less experience than the Kansas City Chiefs because of the quarterback position. But, man, the battle of the trenches is going to be something to watch. You know, you, you have high hopes for Chris Jones and, and that Kansas City D-line. That Philly O-line is nothing to be messed with. Veteran-led Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, uh, Jordan Mailata. They got a squad over there, uh, Andre Dillard as well. So, man, that Philly O-line is going to give problems to KC. I, like, I, I'd like to see some stunts and stuff, you know, get, be able to get to Jalen Hurts, um, you know, maybe pressure him. You know, that, that, that throwing shoulder, we don't know if it's 100%. So we're going to have to see. This Philly's team is great, but the, you know, the experience, the, the big game uh, experience of, of the Kansas City Chiefs is what's going to put them over the edge here. And, of course, they have Superman at quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Do you have a final score prediction? Oh, I hate doing those, but I I do too because it's never going to be right. It's not. I mean, maybe, maybe you get close. And in a Super Bowl, it's so weird. You know, they're gonna there could be two point conversions. There could be missed extra points. So the, the score could get really wonky, right? Um, Scoregami. Uh, yeah, Scoregami could uh, could always happen with the amount of trick plays and and, and such that you, you could see in a big game like this with two really um, innovative coaches as well. And and you know you, you see uh, you know the Philly special uh, from a few years ago. I know that was Doug Peterson, but. You know, there's a lot, a lot of creative minds in that, on that Philly coaching staff. Kansas City just did the ring around the Rosie a few weeks ago. So that was, uh, you know, another, you know, just master class by Andy Reid. So unconventional. But that's how they run their team because it, it, it's, it's crazy that they're, they're this unconventional uh, football team with Patrick Mahomes playing the way, they, the way he does. And, uh, but they're so well oiled, and that's, that's what's going to be the edge in this game. Uh, if I had to throw out a score prediction, uh, I probably would go Chiefs 31 Eagles, twenty nine, because it's going to be some some something some weird something weird is going to happen. Yeah, I was going to go twenty seven twenty three. Okay, 
okay. uh, in favor of Kansas City. Fair. So that we will see what happens on Sunday. It's going to be a great game, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's one of the Super Bowls, first time in a few years, actually. That, like, I'm really looking forward that's to seeing what the matchup. That's what I was going to say. Like, last year, Rams-Bengals, it was cool. It was, it was definitely cool. But I feel like people definitely counted out the Bengals at, at, at some points, and, like, they maybe thought they weren't ready. I hate the Rams, and the Rams team just doesn't excite me because it kind of bought the whole team. These are two teams who were built from the ground up, uh, made those key additions, and it's really going to be great. Both number one seeds. We knew these guys are the best teams in the league. It's going to be super exciting on Sunday. I cannot wait. As we end everything here from the Phoenix Convention Center, just want to ask you some of your favorite moments of the week. What, uh, what, you, what was your favorite interview that we uh, did Ooh, this week? Favorite interview? You know, I really, really enjoyed uh, Levante David. Uh, you know, we, he's he's included on this show here, so that was a really, really great interview. Um, Kevin Harlan was fantastic. You know, uh, hearing his voice and being on the same broadcast headset as a legend like Kevin Harlan was, was something I was uh, incredibly honored uh, and lucky to do. So that those I would say those two um, were, were, were two of my favorites. Obviously, um, Jamal Hill was, was great, too. I, lo- I love you know uh, interviewing UFC guys and seeing the belt, and that, that's always a, a fun treat as well. Sure. What about and you? And then, oh, I mean, my favorite interview was probably Joe Kelly. Because uh, he went so long. He was 31 minutes. We were just talking baseball. It wasn't really like an interview about his career and stuff. He was just talking baseball, yeah. talking about the changes. Um, he was talking about the book that he wrote, but it, the book is on you know, the changes going on in baseball right mm-hmm. now. So that was probably um, – you know, the favorite interview yeah. uh, that we accomplished. Who was your favorite person that you saw uh, this year uh, that you didn't see last year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, wow. You know, there was a lot. Of, you know, the ESPN crew, uh, they, they weren't in, in, in here last year. They had their own setup in downtown L.A. last year. So it was cool to see Schefter, Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, that, that group. Um, as far as NFL talent goes, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, we didn't see Josh Allen. I mean, we obviously saw him last oh. year, but no, no Joe Burrow, um, no Geno Smith, who I was like really looking forward to. Not a lot of Seahawks, uh, out here this Good. week. And we're in a, we're in, you know, the NFC West territory here in Arizona. So I was kind of surprised I didn't see, uh, many Hawks out here. Even like a guy like Tariq Woolen after the season he had, uh, would have been really cool. So yeah, I, I would say like the ESPN crew, you know, I watched them all growing up and, and even now. So that, that was a really cool, tr- uh, treat to see. I have no answer. That's the thing. Like, I, I, those are like the only people that I, I I can vividly remember that we that definitely weren't there last year, and uh, you know, we're. I don't know, can we're I say Patrick year. Mahomes? Does that count? I actually know what. Yeah, we can we can include this. We can include players in the team. So yeah, I would say yeah, Patrick Mahomes would be would probably yeah, be Mahomes, the coolest, right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, but if you had to go, yeah, well, like that I didn't see last year. Yeah, well, we didn't see him last year, and could you? Uh, do you think that? Um, no. What about what about a player on radio or, or anybody on Radio Row? Can you think about it? Uh, yeah, I didn't see last year. I don't know. I mean, we were around a lot of great people. And, and the week has gone um, by so fast. It's almost like kind of all meshing together now. I, I I can't even remember specific instances. Oh, Stephen A. Smith as well as far as far as the, uh, part of yeah. the ESPN crew. Shannon Sharp. Yeah, was uh, was, that was awesome. Shannon Sharp's tough. Yeah. Uh, maybe JJ Watt. Oh, JJ Watt was cool. And he was with two people too, so yeah. he had like a small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy considering he's you know this is this is his current or at least former, most recent uh, home city in Arizona, um, and he's retiring, too, so I honestly would have expected a, a massive you know, posse around him with yeah. the, all the news circling around his uh, the end of his career. And then just one final question. What was your favorite moment um, of the week? You know, it doesn't have to be an interview. It doesn't have to be seeing someone. Just what was your favorite thing uh, of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with a two-way tie. Um 
Definitely Media Night, man. We, did, we didn't get to experience it last year. Yeah. We, we talked about it in, at, at length. I mean, I think we can't even talk about anything else we did uh, on Media Night because we kind of we, we touched on it and basically every show for like two days because it was so awesome. Um, but I'd go with that. And then, you know, honestly, guys, last night bowling was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I really did enjoy that. We got to finally go out, go out and do something. Um, and, uh, hey, we have uh, another party tonight. That could be uh, up on the list as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, yeah, bowling was a great time. Uh, had a good time. Had some good food. Yeah. Um, just enjoyed hanging out with everyone all together. Um, away from all the Radio Row stuff, you yeah. know, away from work. Yeah, and then on Monday, I think I mentioned this in, er- in an earlier show, but just talking to, like, a s- the some of the smaller guys, like mm-hmm. uh, Jerry and Ely yeah. in particular, you yeah, know, yeah, practice yeah. squad guy, but, you know, I, I really like his story. So just talking to him, um, talking to Gardner Mentor is pretty cool, too. Yeah, Just, definitely. like, talking to some of the smaller guys. They don't get all um, they don't get as much really love. good people. Yeah. Um, so that was the best part. Um, but, yeah, everything uh, all, all together was uh, was pretty cool. And it's a big reunion, too. You know, we, we obviously we see, you know, our former sports directors, Joe Serralo, Isaiah Blakely. You know, those are always great reunions to have because, you know, they're out in L.A. We barely ever see them except, uh, actually, you know, last year when the Bonnies made uh, the, the Final Four of the, of the NIT. Luckily, those two guys are out there, so we got to see them then. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, al- that's almost a year ago. And yeah. uh, we so basically, like, last year, we saw them twice in a two-month span, hadn't seen them in uh, basically a year until now. So that was very cool. And then, you know, even, like, guys who, who were, uh, you know, on different stations last year, even some student radio stations, you know, th- those were, they were great, great to connect with those guys. Uh, but obviously other radio stations and outlets that were here last year that we remember vividly, uh, you know, seeing them and, and getting back in this mode was, was really great, too. Yeah, most definitely. So, Tyler, thank you so much. Um, you know, for a great week. Yeah, thank you, uh, man. Here on Sipe and Smithy. So for Tyler Smith, I'm Tom Sipe saying so long from the Phoenix Convention Center here in Phoenix, Arizona. Stick with us for one more hour as the wild card will be up next. But that will do it for Sipe and Smithy here in Phoenix on WSBU 88.3 FM. The Buzz.